Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. My guest today is Megan Barry. She's the marketing manager at Clout. She's a blogger. She's a social media junker and a Stanford grad. Um, Clout is the company that's attempting to use social signals to improve on Google's PageRank uh, as a way of measuring influence. And the service um, began by measuring influence on just Twitter and has since added a number of other networks, including Foursquare, and just recently added Blogger, Tumblr, Flickr, Instagram, and Last.fm. Um, so you can now connect a total of up to 10 networks with Cloud. Um, she has a Cloud score of 71, uh, which puts her ahead of a previous guest of this podcast, Kara Swisher, the co-editor of All Things D, uh, who has 70, and Natalie Petahoff, uh, the former Forster analyst who's at 54, and yours truly at 56. Um, Megan, welcome. Thank you for having me. So let's talk uh, for a minute here about online influence. Talk to us a little bit about the the nitty-gritty of how clout establishes a score. Definitely. So um, clout was born because um, we realized the need to define, you know, to define influence online and also to show that influence is the ability to drive action. So many people were focused on shallow metrics like followers and friends as someone's, you know, presence online, but those really aren't good indicators of um, how much people are really listening to you. So instead, Clout focuses on, you know, how many people you influence, and that means that you really influence, not just that they hit the follow button, um, how, how much you influence people, um, and how influential they are. You can think of it when you get to the nitty-gritty as similar to a P- Google PageRank, but for people as opposed to Internet sites. And it, it really does aggregate content across, as you mentioned, 10 networks to understand um, how much people are listening to the content you produce and what they're doing in response to that. So what, what, are, what are you looking at specifically? What are some of the indicators that, that tell you, hey, this person's influential? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a specific network as an example. For instance, on Twitter, um, what we're focused on is how many people are retweeting you, how many people are at messaging you, and then also how influential are those people. Um, and then, you know, one layer further out, if you get retweeted by someone who retweets, you know, 7,000 times a day, that's probably impossible, but, you know, say they do, um, that's going to mean a lot less than someone who, you know, retweeted you and that was a very thoughtful retweet that, you know, was only one of three that day. Got it. And uh, what about, uh, you know, attachments or, you know, uh, tweets that come from other networks? Are those scored differently? Like if I publish sorry, a check-in. If, what, what do you mean by that? Well, let's say I publish a check-in at Foursquare. And in that check-in, I mention somebody. Is that going to have more or less bearing because it's coming from Foursquare into Twitter? Or is, are, are tweets that are published native to the Twitter to the Twitter network more influential. 
So we value influence equally on every network it occurs. So if you influence someone on Foursquare, we see that as, as just as valuable as influencing someone on Twitter and vice versa. So, you know, we have different indicators to indicate how strong each signal is. For instance, um, you know, retweet might be more or less strong than an app message, depending on what the science, you know, our science team finds. Uh, but certainly each person is, is equal no matter what network they come from. What about Foursquare? What are the measures of an influential Foursquare user? Well, again, it's, it's about that ability to drive action. So when people comment on your check-ins, when they do your tips, um, when they really, you know, indicate that they've done something because you acted, that's what we're looking for. I see. Now, talk to us a little bit about this um, Clout's, Clout Perks program. What's that all about? Basically, we connect influencers with brands in order to give them first access to exclusive products or experiences. So if a technology company is coming out with a new camera, they might want to give it to influencers first. Uh, we target influencers who are influential in technology and offer them. They don't have to take it, but if they want to, they could try that camera before anyone else. If they do choose to take it, they don't have to talk about the camera. They can say they don't like it. It's all up to them. But obviously the reason brands want to do it is because people do tend to talk about it and they are excited to review that camera and uh, it helps build awareness for them. Now, in a previous episode of this podcast, we had a panel of social media analytics experts. We had someone from Nielsen, someone from SAS, uh, someone from Conversion, uh, and a fourth vendor. I'll have a link in the show notes. And they were talking about the accuracy of sentiment analysis and the best they could do in terms of agreeing on the accuracy of sentiment analysis was 60%. And, uh, you know, there's been some criticism about Clout's ability to actually target effectively uh, based on, you know, obviously, you know, the, the fact that artificial intelligence has not arrived. So, you know, how are you guys addressing that uh, at this point? Well, absolutely. So one point on that is that we, we don't look at sentiment for our scoring or for our topics. Um, if, if you are saying, you know, Let's say you're talking about cameras. If you're talking negatively about a camera, we're going to look at that just as equally as if you're talking positively about a camera um, in terms of scoring, in terms of finding topics, in terms of influencers. So we don't, we're not looking at sentiment. We're just looking at the actions that come out of it. Um, that being said, for topics and for targeting, what we're looking at is we do semantic analysis of all your content. And we take the top content that gets the most responses and we analyze that to understand what the higher level topic is that it relates to. Um, you know, say it, it's gardening, say it's cooking, et cetera. That's what we're able to determine. Um, it's not always per- perfect, of course, but um, you know, we do show you what topics we consider you to be influential on clock.com so you can just go check for yourself if it's working for you. Talk to us from a long-term vision standpoint about the company's strategy for you know staying up to date with semantic analysis. Is that something that you know is sort of the secret sauce of Cloud? The Cloud is going to develop itself, or do you see it as something that the company will buy off the shelf through partnerships or alliances? So um, as of now, uh, the the current plan is, is very much to have it be in house, and we have a science team of about eight incredibly smart people who work on, you know, not just semantic analysis, but 
um, you know, all of the components of the score, building scoring into new networks, um, you know, all our subscores, et cetera. So, um, you know, science is something we, we very deeply care about, and it's very, you know, science and engineering are core to what we're doing on our company. Got it. So that, that is the business. The business is the algorithm. Absolutely. Got it. Now, um, a few months back, uh, when, uh, you know, actor Charlie Sheen uh, was having this sort of high-profile meltdown, um, he, had, he went on Twitter and, uh, you know, without much activity, established a very high cloud score in a short period of time. And uh, there were, was a lot, of, a lot of people I heard out there saying, oh, my God, this is indicative, indicative of uh, Klaus' inaccuracy because this guy hasn't been on very long. He doesn't have a lot of activity, and he's got such a high cloud score. Do you remember that? Sorry, who was it? Actor Charlie Sheen. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Um, talk, talk to us about that whole because, episode. Tell us what happened uh, and, you know, what you learned. So, I, you know, I think... Charlie Sheen joined Twitter, and there was an amazing amount of buzz about the fact that Charlie Sheen joined Twitter. People hated him. They were annoyed at him. They were excited to see what he would say. And the bottom line is the world was watching Charlie Sheen that day. And to pretend that that's not influence, well, honestly, it is influence. I mean, his score has since sort of reached some some medium below what it spiked to, um, but you know, one type of influence is that celebrity type of influence. If Charlie Sheen goes and gets high, someone takes a picture and it ends up in, you know, a million magazines, um, that doesn't happen to a normal person. Well, what would you say to, you know, critics who would argue with you and say, well, that's really popularity. That's not influence. I, I'd say that influence is the ability to drive action. If Charlie Sheen can drive purchasing decisions, if he can drive people to watch a TV show, uh, tune in to, uh, you know, to a certain website, to a movie, et cetera, um, he's changing what people are doing, and that's real. Um, if he's coming up right now in this conversation, it's clear that he's on people's minds. Um, I think, especially I've seen in the tech world, there's this sense of, like, it's the same thing with, you know, all the popular celebrities, Rihanna, Justin Bieber. It's like, oh, they're not influential because they don't influence me. Well, that's fine. But they have a huge demographic of people they do influence. Um, that's the reason they're, you know, selling platinum records, um, you know, getting paid millions of dollars. Those things are incidental. Um, they are able to impact a tremendous amount of people. So if you think about, you know, the, the established model for, um, you know, what drives a sale online, purchasing behavior, uh, you know, you've got people using Google Analytics and uh, using trackable links where they identify the source, the medium and the campaign, and they're able to actually follow, you know, the path from whence the click came and then see whether or not it converted. Um, but in in the model you're suggesting, uh, you know, if you just look at retweets and at mentions and, and those types of things, you, there's no real way to see how that impacts sales. Or is there? Am I missing something? Sorry, there's no real way to see what? How that impacts sales or am I missing something? So following the chain directly back to sales is tricky. It's the same with, you know, a billboard ad on a freeway 
we know that's worth something, and advertisers, you know, actually do pay that. Um, but it's hard to pinpoint exactly how many people bought a product because of that. It's the same thing with social media. You know, we've seen that many, you know, many studies and in our own campaigns that those recommendations and conversations that happen online do drive behavior. They do drive purchases. Um, is it 100% easy to watch that happen? Not all the time. You know, if you're lucky, you see someone who says, oh, because of that, I bought this. But of course, that doesn't happen every time. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the value of clout to marketers and individuals and just how soon the company intends to integrate Google+. Stay with us. What I had seen was, you know, you could do these webinars for an hour here and two hours there, and it just didn't feel like it was enough. Like it, I, I just felt like I needed to be more absorbed into something for a couple of days, just completely immerse myself. The hands-on nature was absolutely the home run for me, bringing my laptop. And as you're walking us through something, we are doing it, you know, setting up our own blog or exploring Google Reader or whatever it was to actually be doing that because certainly I've been to computer-related courses before where you sit there with a book and a piece of paper but not actually plugged in and that was really valuable to me to be doing it as we talked about it so much better retention-wise. Um, so that was good. Lots of good resources. I, I you know, bookmarked <laughs> so many things and find myself, you know, it's over a year later. I still refer to those bookmarks. And then it was just an interesting combination of people in the room. I mean, I'm this small, tiny little consulting firm, and I'm sitting next to the woman from Pepperidge Farms. <laughs> and yet, I felt like I learned from her, and I think she learned from me, and of course, we all learned from you. So it was, it was a really neat dynamic of who was in the room, even though we were a small group. If you're ready to get serious about social media, train your people, train yourself. The war against digital illiteracy will not be won through social media conferences, keynotes, panel sessions, or PowerPoint. What's required is hands-on training. Join me for my upcoming hands-on training tour presented by Social Media Today. This September 2011, I'll be in Sydney, Singapore, London, Paris, Toronto, New York City, Chicago, and San Francisco. There's only 30 slots per session, and you can sign up at www.socialmediabootcamp.com. Um, for those brands that have so much discussion and activity on social networks, I mean, it's very easy for one to see the benefit of a service like Clout. Um, I know that in Hootsuite, I can filter columns by Clout Score, and if I was engaging on behalf of a brand for which there was more discussion than I had hours in the day to engage, I could identify, you know, have some way of identifying uh, the most influential people in that stream. And that makes good sense from a marketing standpoint. But what about from a user standpoint, from the individual standpoint? Why should individuals use clout? Well, you know, I think we're entering a world where having an online presence is increasingly valuable in a lot of different fields. Um, you know, I'm in marketing and social media specifically, so it's probably clear why I as a person would care. But someone, someone who's looking to be involved in the tech space, in media, in PR, and increasingly in other areas, people are looking at their online presence to understand a little bit more about who you are and if you're good at communicating with people. 
So cloud is one way, um, and we've seen it come up in, in interviews. Um, we've seen it, it come up informally. Uh, cloud is one way people are looking at your presence online. So in that sense, if, if people are checking it, it's valuable. Um, so talk to us for a moment about how you compare to the other services that are out there. Uh, for example, Peer Index. Um, you know, what? how is Clout better than Peer Index? And what is what about Peer Index do you admire? So I think it's, it's, you know, it's clear that we're the emerging standard in this area where, you know, we have an API that had 2 billion, 2 billion calls, um, you know, last month, or maybe it was the month before, uh, we have over 3,000 brands and partners working with us. Um, we're becoming the, the trusted standard uh, for influence metrics. Um, you know, I, I, I think that sort of speaks for itself. Is, is there anything um, at this point that you and the folks at Clout are sort of disappointed with about the service? One area that you think is weak that really needs to be improved? What is your biggest disappointment at this point? You know, I don't want to frame it as a disappointment because we're proud of what we've done. Um, I mean, just, just in the past year and a half, we've grown from five to 50 people. So we're finally at the stage where we're seeing, and it'll continue to grow, but we're seeing things iterate much more quickly. And there's so much we want to improve. Um, we want to add more networks. We want to make the score more clear to people. You should understand when your score goes up and down. Um, we want to help businesses and people understand why they care. You know, there's about a million and one things we want to make better, and uh, we don't see it as a disappointment. We see it as a challenge. In terms of, you know, becoming, I guess, you know, the de facto standard, as you just mentioned, you know, this goal, um, we look at, you know, the television business and Nielsen is the standard. We look at radio and Arbitron is the measurement standard. Is that the, the plan here for Clout to become the Nielsen of social media? Certainly, like that's, that's one aspect of, of what we'd like to do. And what are some of the other aspects? Sorry? And, and you said that's one aspect of what we'd like to do, but what might some of the others be? Well, I think that, um, you know, it's a little different in the sense that we're dealing with people. So we're looking to understand how influential people are, and I think that has a much more far-reaching power. You could imagine that when you show up at a store, um, you might get discounts based on your cloud score. Uh, we think the cloud score could, could actually impact much more of everyday life than some of those other um, stats. Uh, let's talk for a minute, uh, just if we can, about, you know, PageRank versus CloudScore. Um, in in the, the, the use of PageRank to establish influence online through a search engine, um, you know, there, there is some protection in, one, the gestation period. It's not immediate, right? It takes a while for things to sort of percolate and rise to the top. Um, and two, you know, publishing a page online and, and, and putting an inbound link against a keyword in that page, um, you know, requires some effort. And if you think about what it takes to retweet, I mean, the ease of use is, you know, off the hook. You click a button, you've retweeted, you're done. 
And, uh, you know, are there any concerns about, you know, establishing influence based on activities that are so easy to perform that, you know, the metric could be co-opted by really anyone who, you know, is able to play on people's emotions like fear or uncertainty or doubt. Uh, You know, I'm thinking about this idea of demagoguery, these people that will not necessarily be influential only in that they know how to, you know, get somebody to click almost like we've seen uh, the, the world of journalism, you know, use these sort of, um, uh, you know, headlines designed to get you to click that don't always deliver, usually don't deliver, uh, but are just sort of designed to get the most retweets and the most clicks so that they rise to the top of the stack. Uh, Is there a danger in, you know, establishing influence based on activities that are so easy to perform? So I think, you know, you raised a a good comparison there with the world of journalism. Um, There's always going to be this sense of, uh, the ones who give people what they want are going to have the most page views. Um, they're going to, you know, make the most money. Uh, you know, that being said, like, if people want to read about entertainment and they don't want to read about physics, we're not, we're not in the business of telling people that what they want is, is wrong or right. We're in the business of understanding, you know, those social networks connections and how content is impacting people. And if content about certain subjects tends to impact people more, uh, you know, that might be an interesting study sort of sociologically about why as humans are we interested in in scandal or in celebrities. Um, but it's, it's not something I think clout or any one business can change. Three weeks ago on the podcast, we had a conversation with Jay Bear about Google Plus. And it was interesting because his uh, perspective on Google Plus is it's really Google's attempt, not necessarily to crush Facebook, but to save search. Because right now uh, they're using backlinks. That system seems to be so broken, it's beyond repair. If they can't introduce social signals into the ranking, how do they stay relevant? Um, so talk to us about how clout um, will integrate uh, Google+. Plus. What's up with that? And uh, I know you guys mentioned in a blog post you've heard the API is coming soon. Do you have any more information on that? And uh, you know where does clout stand with respect to, to Google+, Plus today? Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, first of all, um, awesome to hear uh, you had an interview with Jay Bear. He was actually on our blog featured as a cloud star uh, just a couple weeks ago. So that's a fun connection. Um, but uh, Google Plus, absolutely, we very much want to integrate it. Um, when Google comes out with an API that we can use, um, you'll, you'll see that come up shortly. Can you give us, can you give us a hint of when that's coming? Um, if you can give me a hint of when the Google API is coming. <laughs> well, we, we, I was hoping you would know that. <laughs> you guys don't have any insight on that. I, I mean, that's not something I can really comment on, to be honest. No, can you hint? If you can't comment, can you hint? Can you just <laughs> I'm afraid not. <laughs> Megan, is there anything else uh, you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Where can people get a hold of you? 
Um, so, uh, you know, cloud is cloud.com. I'm, uh, I'm, you can reach me on Twitter at Megan Barry. And, you know, I, I do want to mention one more thing because we've talked about celebrities and scandal and all of those sorts of things. But one of the things we like best at cloud about what we're doing is how we're able to highlight the everyday influencer, the person who, um, just writes really great content about design and, has a high cost group because people love that content and trust him on that subject. And um, and that's really powerful. And I think we're in a day and age, not to get cheesy, but we're in a day and age where democracy, or where influence is becoming more democratic. And that's something that we're actually able to highlight. We don't care as much about, you know, the top celebrities. We already know they're celebrities. Um, more interesting is, you know, that everyday person who's writing great content and is trusted by their audience. The, my concern, though, or or I would say, you know, my 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 pushback to that statement would be, when you look at how people are using social media, they're often using it to amplify or distribute uh, long form content uh, on a on a on a um, uh, a web page. So my my concern would be that you're that we're basically getting into this environment where we're giving an influence score to the wrapper instead of the product. Okay, a couple answers to that. Uh, one is we actually do uh, crawl the web page that you link to in order to understand the content that's on that. And then the second thing is, um, you know, we, we today we integrated Tumblr and Blogger, and we're going to be integrating more networks. I agree with you. You know, blogging is a strong indicator of influence. We want to add more of that. Um, we're not perfect. We absolutely aren't. Uh, we want to get better. We're working on it every day. In terms of, um, you know, starting with the blogger platform, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, what about WordPress? Uh, what about, you know, what's next in terms of uh, other networks that uh, Cloud will be integrating? Yeah, absolutely. Um we want to add, I think you know, Google+, Plus, uh, Facebook Pages is definitely on the pipeline. Um, our, our goal is to, you know, integrate every network where people are creating content online. That's a lofty goal. Um, you know, we have a whole team of people looking to see the best way to accomplish that. Um, you know, we're going to choose networks based on, you know, their size, also how easy it is to integrate, um, how strong the influence signals are on that. Um so, you know, you'll see more soon. Hey, one last thing I forgot to ask you. Talk to us about K+. Plus. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, Plus K is something we introduced a few months ago, and it allows you to vouch for your friend's influence in certain topics. So, if I influence you on social media, you can give me Plus K in social media. If um, one of my friends told me what restaurants to go to, and I liked it. I can give them plus K on food. So that's just available on cloud on people's topic pages. It's a really great signal for um, what what people are actually influential about. You're not just influential in a vacuum. You're influential in a certain context. So where would I find it? Where would I find that that option? So if you go to anyone's topic page on cloud, look them up, find their topic page. You'll see their topics, and you can give plus K. And can you embed that on another site? You can't currently, but that's interesting. It might be something we add in the future. Got it. Okay, listen, Megan, thanks a lot for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. 
You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.